Welcome to Whatever Works, our unique fortnightly podcast in which we talk about whatever works in our lives and in the lives of our community members. Find us at whateverworks.works. And why not join our community? Simply search for Whatever Works at mewe.com and get stuck in. Have we started? It's always a... Uh, have we started? <laughs> I don't know. We oh, just sort on. of chat until we stop swearing enough to think, OK, <laughs> let's talk to the public. <laughs> let's talk to the public now, then. Hello, everyone. <laughs> it's Whatever Works. <laughs> Hello, everybody. I promise not to say f- or f- for the whole show. <laughs> the pair of Egypts are back to haunt you and taunt you in this week of Halloween. Oh, I'd forgotten that bit. Oh, yes. Should we cue Ooh. all the funny sound effects? <laughs> <laughs> it's show 173. That that number rings a bell. Should that be significant? I show don't know. Did you used to live at number 173 somewhere? No. Um, Friday the 28th of no- October, November. You see, I nearly did it again. Friday the 28th of October, <laughs> it is. And whateverworks.works is our website, just to run through the the, sh- the furniture here. Um, te- tedsalmon.com is my website, and that's where I've got links to all the stuff that I do audio podcasts and all the MeWe groups all linked out there nicely in my very nice pretty website AidenBell.com similarly is what he does and where you can find him and we find you hopefully in our MeWe group so thank you so much for continuing to support us by chipping in there and giving us fodder to drone on about on the show yeah yes indeed we love your fodder paypal.me forward slash ted salmon is where you can go if you want to buy me a copy paypal.me forward slash ted salmon and if you want to chip in specifically to the whatever works fund so we can buy crap to talk about (laughs) then you can buy us an amazon gift voucher and you need to send that to my email address which you all know if you're listening to this no doubt and it's not difficult to work out even if you don't (laughs) Right. That's right. It's stevelitchfield.com, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, there you how, go then. How are you? Right, how are you mate? Uh, I'm all right. Oh, I'm all right. All right. Are you all right? I've had me jab. I've had me that, jab. That's the point. I was going to be a bit more specific in the world of COVID. How are you doing? Yeah, yeah. I've, I've, I've had me fourth jab. I went down there to the um, the What's It Centre and they all but talked me out of it, you know. I oh. said. Yeah, I said, um, I've had my, um, I've had COVID and I told them the date of the last what's it and it was with it, it was 28 days later, it was 32 days later. Right. Um, but they still said to me, are you absolutely sure you want it? You don't have to have it. Good grief. You, you can, you know, you, you, uh, we, we're not going to give it to you if you think that you might be blah, blah, blah. And they were going through all the potential side effects. They were, they were all but trying to talk me out of it and I was really surprised. But anyway, I did have it, and I had no um, um, after effects at all, and I'm fine, and it's now about three days later, and all is good. So what about you and your lingering symptoms? My lingering symptoms are slowly starting to linger less, but it's... God, it's taken its time. I mean, I'm still very... Rather than the chest thing... I've still got the chest thing, but more mildly now. But I'm so tired all the time. This is the the, the the lethargy disease. I mean, I just... I just can't be asked to do anything. Right. So th- that's a bit yeah. of a fight. But I'm, I, I've got the confidence of looking at the long picture and knowing it's, it's slowly getting better. So, um, 12 weeks, they say. Yeah. But well, it's, it's, beyond, it's beyond that for you. Oh, I'm, I'm in week, I think, 17 by now. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. 
But, um, you know, Very I've got sad. the problem. I could either go to the NHS and persuade a doctor to send me to a specialist and then wait literally months to see a specialist, or I'd have to pay through the nose to see a private specialist because I would yeah. like to know more. I would like to sort of talk to someone and find out that I am OK and it isn't anything to do with that heart problem I've talked about in the past. Yeah, yeah. But whatever, you know. Talking of which, yes. was that your slinky link? That If that was a slinky link, that was very cleverly done. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I've been trying to get a dentist appointment, and you can't. I mean, there's no urgency. I'm just kind of looking for a, um, a checkup, basically. Yeah. But you can't. The next appointment that I can find anywhere, NHS or private, is next February. Good grief. Presumably, if you were in great pain and agony, they would see someone would yes, see you. Yes, yes. Even if you had to travel miles and miles and miles to a different county, or in my case, a different country. <laughs> yes. But, um, you know, I, 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 I wonder, this is um, the, the kind of timescale that people are facing, apparently, and it's really difficult to get any dentistry. Not that you care, because you don't care about your teeth, do you? Oh, no, no. Well, I, twofold. I do care about my teeth, and, and I, I do see a dentist, but I've, I'm really lucky. I'm one of those people. Every few days, I think, oh, I better clean my teeth. I'm yeah. just, I've just been blessed that way, and I'm very grateful for that, because you know, I, 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 I have a friend who's completely the opposite, and she has to do all the flossing and the cleaning and the mm, yeah. everything twice a day and between meals, and yet I just go through life... So yeah, yeah, it depends on the quality of your teeth, doesn't it? I, I you guess must you must think. You... I, I, I feel sorry for any woman trying to kiss you. Oh, for goodness' sake! You must Go have. And um, he do said, a mouthwash. Quickly changing the subject. You must have pretty good teeth too, though. If you actually haven't seen a dentist for a while and you're dithering about seeing one in February, I presume you're in quite good nick in the in the well, mouth department. No, I'm not. I'm not. I, my teeth are falling out one by one. And I haven't got that many left, which is why I wanted a dentist appointment because I I have got to get dentures because I um I, I've only got a few teeth left, um and I'm just going to I've been so scared of going to dentists right. I've, I've been scared of dentists all my life and I just don't want to go and so I've just lived with it and I've I've got these teeth out by hook or by crook pulling them usually yeah one by one over the the course of the last fifteen years. And um, now it's time to do something about it. Does that mean it, that in a few months' time it'll be welcome to our pepper work, a pub party with the pep hammer? Here, listen, I've got a question. Why? Yeah. I, I don't use Skype very much. Um, in fact, I always exclusively use it for your good self and making this yeah. podcast for our lovely listeners. Why is it that every time I log in, I have to put my ruddy password in again? Is it because yeah. is it because it's only fortnightly that I use it? I no, mean, it's not. Oh. Um, but I I have a similar thing that it keeps wanting to update itself uh, every time I. Oh turn yes, it I on. have that too. Yes. Oh okay. Well, I don't have the password thing. No, so I don't know where that's come from. Yeah, it is bizarre. I mean, it's just yeah. become routine now. I, t I, I set up to do my podcast recording with you, and I know that when I open Skype, I've now learned my password at last. It's in my yeah. head because I've had to use it so many times. Very bizarre. Very, very odd indeed. What don't you right. like? This is almost Room 101 now, isn't it? Yeah, it is. My, my last um, item of catch-up with you is going to the post office yesterday. Yes. And I, I, put this, um, I put this into whatever works yesterday to try and get some other people's views. But anyway, I went into the post office, the same main post office in the town that I've been to a hundred times, and I had my helmet on because I was on my moped, yes. uh, which I've done again a hundred times, no problem ever. Anyway, this officious piece of human um, personage, whatever, <laughs> yeah, 
he says to me, you've got to take your helmet off. And I thought um, he was joking, but no, he was, no, I'm serious. He says, I'm, you need to take your helmet off when you come in here. So um, I conformed and said, right, okay then. And said, why is that then? He said, well, you could be a robber. <laughs> <laughs> so my, I, I, I threw this question out to the group anyway to say, are there any rules? Because he painted it up to me as if it was a post office right, yes. policy and not just a local shopkeeper who has a post office in their shop making that rule for their shop, which is fair enough. You know, if someone makes that rule and they make that rule, I suppose, and you have to comply with it or not go in there. Yes. But he painted it up as though it was a, a post office policy, national, and I went off looking for information about that and there's nothing. There's no rules at all about it. In anywhere that I can find. So. Very bizarre. Plus the fact that I'm assuming you're a fairly regular customer in this post office. So do, do they not recognise you by now anyway? Yeah. Yeah, they do. Kind of. Um, I'm not that regular in there. But um, they, they, you know, when I took, well, anyway, I, the, the point is that it's, apparently, according to Chris Kelly, he reckons that the same thing is true of petrol stations because there was a, a spate of robberies in right. petrol stations. And so they, my, my point is though that I, by the time he said this to me, I was at the counter, I was next to him, um, but you know, across the, the mm -hmm. counter, where all the cash was. If I was going to rob the place, you would have I done got, so. I yeah. got there. I could have had my yes. weapon out and done it by then. Yes. I, my my point was that if you're going to have a policy like that, you need to have someone at the door. Yes, or at exactly. Least a big sign that says no helmets. Yes. Take your helmet off. Try going in with a balaclava on next time and see what yeah. happens. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that was my annoyance with, and, and 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 actually, it wasn't so much about having to do it. It was his, it was his attitude. Yeah, he was so arsy and snotty, and like he was just he 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 got nothing in life he could be in charge of. So. Jobsworths. Do you remember we used to talk about yeah. Jobsworths? Yes, there out is of, one. Out of work traffic warden, no doubt, or something. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, right, OK, let's get back to the feedback, shall we? The feedback. The feedback is good. The wonderful, the lovely Ian Barton uh, with a lovely title saying it's a mugs game. So guess what we're going to talk about <laughs> now? It's our Whatever Works mugs. He says there Yay. are about eight Whatever Works mugs left. Or you could say there are only eight mugs remaining. <laughs> yeah. If anyone wants to buy one, says Ian, I'm selling them at £10 each, which will be donated to Ted's Coffee Fund. You're a star, Mr Barton. I have several T-shirts and some coasters too, he says. I'll include a coaster with every mug. It, it just Whoa. gets better and better, doesn't it? There will be an extra charge of £3 to cover the coast of postage, of course, with, via every. Please send all donations to Ted's Coffee Fund. Oh, Ian, that is more than generous, sir. Judge yeah. Barton, you are a you are a, uh, what's the word, a, an example to us all. Thank you so much for that. And yeah, listen, folks, there's only eight left. And, you know, give it another 10 years and they'll be going for thousands on eBay. Yeah. <laughs> every is the, I was trying to work out what on earth every, why they Hermes chose those four letters. 
Because it doesn't really say anything, does no, it? No, it doesn't. And I actually went on, because I've used Hermes quite a few times during lockdown, and I um, I actually sent two of my, you know, my whole saga with the DeLonghi radiators that I put in the house. Yeah. Two of them had to go back. They're perfectly fine. It was just a change of mind on my part. And I sent them back with, I thought, Hermes, and then suddenly I was on this website called Every and thinking, oh, no, I'm on the wrong website and started mm. again. And there was no sort of, hello, we've now changed our name. Don't worry, we're still Hermes. And as you say, Ted, I have no idea what every whatever no. it means. But don't you feel, as I do, that um, they may take their time. They're not the fastest delivery service in the country, no. but their prices are very competitive. I yeah, think yeah, I will always are. turn. I sent something to you with every, which we'll no doubt talk about shortly um, did, this yeah. week, and I'm very pleased with their service. How much did that cost to send? Oh, £2.60 or something? Yeah. The, the, the problem comes, we found, when we were se- we were sending phones around to each other. Yes. Because when you start to try and introduce insurance, yes. it suddenly becomes problematic for them. And yes. you're not a, there's this humongous list of stuff you're not allowed to send, including devices with glass in them, which, which means that they wouldn't insure mobile phones. Uh-huh. Or any, you know, monitors or computers. Well, when I sent the heaters, A, I ended up there because I tried, I looked around and they were one of the few companies that would transport an oil-filled radiator. So plus for that. And B, I took a gamble. I took a punt and I didn't go for the insurance. Right. I just thought, come on, you only live once. And I sent them. And again, it was very cheap. I think it was about 10 quid a radiator to send them. And they came through fine. And you can have them sent between local shops. Oh, I see. Hello? So you Hello? mean? No, I was just, I was just taking there? that in. So you mean you could send it to someone who lives on the other side of town by just putting it in one shop and they pick it up from another shop? Yeah, yeah. And we've we've used that before. Steve has sent me something from his local shop, and it's delivered by the network to my local shop, and they tell me by um, communication message, and I can then go in and pick it up. Clever. So there are some good parts of of um, every certainly. Very nice. Just a quick note from Frank Neidhart, thank you Frank, who says that beware if you buy one of these mugs, or if you end up being given one of these mugs, because it doesn't seem as though anyone's interested in them, they'll either go back into um, Ian's loft, or (laughs) perhaps we'll just give up. Anyway, if you do end up with one of these, just beware that they're not dishwasher safe. And that is fair enough, because... He posted a picture of his mug, and the the black um, stuff on the outside, the logo, has faded. There's an irony dis- in that. Whatever works, and it's faded. <laughs> yeah. um, it's faded significantly. And um, I can say the same thing. Mum and Dad have got... My, my whatever works mug is up at Mum and Dad's. Yes. And they, they routinely use a dishwasher, and mine is faded as well. So it'd be interesting to see... Um, someone who has not used a dishwasher, who's got one of these, to see if theirs has survived by just hand washing. Um, we well, shall, I could yeah. be one step further still. I've got one that I've never used because I keep oh. it as a souvenir and therefore it's more <laughs> of an ornament than a functioning mug and it right. certainly hasn't faded. So it's got nothing to do with time or light or anything. No, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Yes, anyway, let's talk elephant stools. Elephant stools, ladies and gentlemen. No, this is not a David Attenborough (laughs) documentary on animal feces. This... 
Steve Litchfield brings us what is literally called an elephant stool. Steve said, I had no idea that these were called such a strange name, but having fallen off a chair trying to do something in a high cupboard, I decided to do things properly and have one of those platform things on wheels that you see in shops and offices. Mm. They run on the wheels and when there's when there's no weight, but when you stand on them, they sink down onto secure rubber feet, yeah. etc. I remember these. I commented to mm. Steve. I remember these from the library from when I was a little one. There wasn't much choice, though, says Steve. They are rare in the domestic market, it seems. But I found this one on Amazon for £30 and it's utterly wonderful. It's much, much safer than a chair and saves going out to the garage to fetch a ladder several times a day. It seems to have gone unavailable, he says, as I write this. But it gives an idea of what we bought and the right sort of price range. And comedic name, adds Aidan Bell, an elephant stool. Yeah, well, I think it's because it sort actually, of kind of looks like an elephant's foot, doesn't it? Some, yeah, someone else pointed out in the group, I think, that actually it's a bit of a um, jaded past because it goes back to the kind of the days of the Raj and British people behaving badly in Africa, lobbing off elephants' feet and making them into stools. Yes. So they ought to really change they the name. They ought really to change the name, yes. Elephant turd, perhaps. Yeah. <laughs> Duncan, or what? a or a bev a beck van. Hey, I can That'd pronounce easy, that. I speak it? German. It's a beck them, I think. It's a beck them Aspen Stepstool, which Duncan Robertson brings to us, which is a similar similar but different. Uh, and Duncan says we have one of these. When the kids were little, it even served as a table and chair too. It sort of mm. looks like the first two steps of a, of a staircase, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's an, an alternative version. Thank you very much, Duncan. Very cute indeed. Anyway, yeah, I do. Rem- I remember those things that Steve's talking about. Yes, in, as you say, in the library, in the school, in um, uh, shoe shops. I remember them in shoe shops as well. Um, well yes, they, climb, they did have them in shoe shops. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, thank you, Steve. Good item. My next one is going to be the grate, which is a cheese grater oh, yeah. or a ve- vegetable grater as well. It's a very manual. It's only cheap. It's seven pound eighty one from Amazon, and it's a manual, simple twist grater. So you open this thing up. You get three blades with it, and you can choose which one you put in mm-hmm. um, by by taking this split pin out and then changing them over. Um, depending on how grated, how how big or small yes. you want the grating um, or the slicing, right? And you put one of these in. You stuff your vegetable or cheese, in my case, in the top. And then you turn the thing with your hand and it grates it and it comes out the end grated. Um, it's got a, a, a storage cup and, a, and a, it's dishwasher safe. Um, and it does seem to, to, do, to do a good job. Although, beware, because my mum tried to use it and she's in her 80s, as you know, and she found it really difficult with her hands mm-hmm. to turn it. Oh, yes. You do need to give it some welly because once you get the cheese inside there, you're kind of grating against the thing and you've got to push it in at the same time oh yes 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 so it does take um, some effort to twist it so maybe not for elders with dodgy hands but for me it was fine um it is a bit plasticky to be honest which is probably reflected in the price so i'm not sure it will make it to still using anytime soon (laughs) but but for me for now it's great Uh, (laughs) i made a purchase too this week um yep I bought a soothing hand warmer. Oh. It's it's very sweet. It's um it's a bit like a sort of old fashioned Anna Karenina ladies muff. Try saying that without laughing. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, 
you know, it's exactly like the sort of muffling that the ladies oh, would use yeah. instead of uh, wearing gloves. And the, the USP is that it's full of those um, microwave beady things that we talked about on a recent show, and you bung oh. it in microwave. Oh. So it's basically a warm, microwavable thing, but it's in the shape of a muff, so you stick your hands in and you keep your hands nice and warm. And I bought that again because of my problem with my um, cold hands that I have, always trying to keep the hands warm as the weather starts to get cooler. Um, yeah. And I found this on Amazon, £12.99. Uh, it's, I, interestingly, it was a little moist the first time I used... Oh, God, I'm, this, this item's going to get cut, isn't it? That's because they've got wheat beans in them. That's right, yeah. Apparently. So it got yeah. a little bit moist the first few times I used yeah. it. Um, but now it's absolutely fine, keeps the hands toasty. But I will say, exactly as, as you brought up in the last show, it's not as good as a good old-fashioned hot water bottle would be. Because yeah, um, yeah. remember we were discussing what the differences in, in, in the heat yeah, and retention yeah. of, of hot water and beads. Um, but I'm very happy with it. My problem is, though, because my hands are so cold, I actually want the heat surface on both hand, sides of my hand at once, which, of course, you don't get if you put both hands mm. into a tube. So I probably need two of them. But I'm standing here playing with it now, sort of doing cat's cradle round and round in my hands. Mm. And it's, it's good fun. It's soft and cushy and gets warm and keeps your hands cosy. Very nice indeed. It, w the quest is on now then to find one of those, but it's it, you fill it with water. So a hot water bottle that in the shape of a muff. Yeah, <laughs> there we go. There's something. Yes. We've got to start um, a new but... section on this show, by the way, called Things That Don't Exist That I Wish Did, because I did it again mm. this week with um, something to do with glasses. Oh, yes, do you remember those flip glasses I brought on the show the mm. other week? I decided they were so good, I wanted to get a proper pair with my own prescription. Boots don't yeah. do them. Uh, spec savers don't do them. Uh... Uh, both of the online cheap sites I've tried emailed, they don't do them. So there you uh... go. Aidan Bell, as usual, wants something that doesn't exist. <sighs> What's next? Dear, did you get the chocolate one? <laughs> I'm sorry? The, the the muff. Did you, is your muff oh, chocolate? I thought, you I thought you were talking about glasses. Um, yeah. Yes, yes, I got the brown muff. That's nice. It's a nice colour, I think. That's nice. Now, um, I bought this week something for microwave um, uh, jacket potato cooking. We've done this one before, but not with this bag. It's a bag. You get two of them for just under six quid, so they're £3 each approximately. And it's just like a, I don't know what it's made of or how it works or whatever it is. Um, I was foxed. And I, you, you open this thing up and you it's a bit like a pillowcase, right. a small pillowcase. And you stick your potatoes inside it, stick them in the microwave. Um, if you've got a, a powerful microwave, they reckon it will take four minutes. But um, my one took about six minutes. Yeah. Um, and you cook them in there. It worked brilliantly well. Um, you don't get the crispy skins, of course, because you need an oven yeah. to do that. But but the, but otherwise, they're really really nice, and the the jacket potatoes come out ever so well. But then, <laughs> I I was thinking on about this, thinking through, and I thought, hang on a minute, if this is just a cloth bag, surely any cloth bag. Yeah, that's do what this. I was thinking. And so I tried it again, and I, I I found right. What can I put this in? So I put a potato. I, I found this sock made of wool. <laughs> one of these one of these walking socks, you know, yes. one of these hiking yes. socks. And I thought, right, I'll try it in there. Stuck it in there. Sure enough, exactly the same. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously. If if you want to put a, a, a jacket potato in the microwave, you can as long as you've got some sort of material around it, some sort of seal, well, not seal, but you know, um, wrap around thingy. You could just use anything. Is it just you? a protection to stop it exploding? Is that the only function of the wrapping, or does it is it working a bit like a steamer? 
But then it wouldn't if it was a sock, would it? I don't know. No. And you can put jagged potatoes straight in the microwave on their own, but they just take longer, I think. I think part of this was that it did it quickly. I, I don't know. Anyway, um, experimentation ongoing, but I do wonder if you need to buy one of these and you could just use anything that kind of half seals. Wow. I mean, microwave cooking is voodoo magic anyway. Um, yeah. But that said, yeah, that is peculiar that you ended up mm. using a sock instead. So, ladies and gentlemen, we recommend the microwave <laughs> potato cooker bag or an old sock. <laughs> Daniel Bemis has now. Now, this one's going to be a lot cost a lot more money. Daniel Bemis has brought us a Shark Rocket Pet Pro vacuum. Uh, this does look nice. Daniel says, I just bought this vacuum. It's cordless and it stands against the wall in our small guest bathroom. It's very convenient for cleaning in there where our cat boxes are kept. We got it at a nice discount, but I see now that it's £342. <laughs> what? <laughs> 342 quid for a vacuum I mean this cleaner. is one of those um, It's uh, basically it's one of these small handheld vacuums that's got the long bit that you can attach to it I presume oh, yeah. it will detach yes I can see from the pictures you can actually detach it and, and make it into a conventional small handheld vacuum um, yeah it's very it looks very like the um, what's the really expensive ugly vacuum um, Dyson uh, it looks, oh, it looks yeah. a bit Dyson-esque um, and it seems to have a Dyson-esque yeah. price. It's now £365. It seems to have gone up even more. Mind you, my um, G-Tech um, vacuum cleaner that I was bought for my Christmas present yes. when, I, when I came up here, that was over 200 quid. So maybe 300... Uh, I see it's 365 now. Um, I just said that. Keep up at the back. Maybe that's, <laughs> sorry. Maybe that's... Um, Maybe it's not so outrageous no, after all. No, I think for, for no. that sort of vacuum, that is the kind of price you have to pay. And I'm very glad Daniel is happy with it. Particularly if you want your pet hairs. Yes. What is it? Cats or cats hairs yes. picked up, I suppose. Yeah. Very good. Now, let's get back to that thing you sent me on every. Yes. I should quickly just proceed by saying it's something that I purchased that I thought I was going to need for a trip with somebody that never happened. Uh, and so I no longer needed it. And um, you, you took it over from there, didn't you, Ted? I did. You sent it to me because I said I'd have a look at it on the last show. And it's um, a travel kettle, a portable electric kettle. But it's also kind of a mug and it boils water quickly. It's got an auto shut off, which um, I'll come to in a second. And it costs um, £22 at the moment. Um, but my problem with it was that it, it, it's really small. So it only does one mug's worth. So if you were travelling with this thing and you were in a hotel room or something or wherever you were going, you, it's not even enough for two cups of tea. It's only enough for one. I think if it was double the size, it would be much more useful. Now, I, I suppose I, if you're I a understand. solo traveller, though, then it would be perfect if you're just yeah, one person. Yeah, I suppose so. But even but even if you were um, solo, the um, you know, there's just not very much in there. Mm -hmm. It doesn't get to the size of what I normally make a cup of tea with. Um, and also, furthermore, there's a maximum mark inside it where you're supposed to not fill the water above so i did that good as gold then you lift up the bung on the top to let the steam out while it's cooking and um it was overflowing so i was underneath the maximum mark right. but it, obviously that maximum mark is too high and and i had to get it lower down to stop it oh God, flying so out even less liquid <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So you end up with only half a cup of tea. So it's not big enough is the first thing. And also, you, as you say, you make it smaller because of that. Um, so anyway, 
Um, the the other problem was that the the auto shut off just doesn't work efficiently. So I was watching it. I was waiting for it. I knew it was supposed to turn itself off. This thing is spurting water out the top <laughs> for about. It must have been about a, another minute while it was before the thing cut itself it's out like, to get to it's the. It's like a geezer at Yellowstone Park or exactly. something. Exactly. Yes. Absolutely. So I, and and then I tried drinking from it as a cup. And I don't really, um, it, it just didn't work nicely as a cup. You you put your lips on it and, you know, if you want, I'm not sure if you're supposed to use it as a cup or not, right. but the the rim is, this is not the kind of place for rimming. No, oh, no, don't, we, don't, we, don't, we won't go, been, no, no. We've in enough trouble with me and my muff, <laughs> don't start. Yes. Um, so the rim, when you put it to your mouth, I, I don't know. Did, did you get the impression you can use it as a cup as well? I or not? had that impression. I mean, I, I only tested it in that I did put some water in and I saw it almost come to a boil and thought, OK, that works. I can't I'm not sending right. Ted a dud. And that's the only experience I had of it. Um, but yes, it was my understanding that you could heat it with water, presumably put a tea bag in and a bit of milk and make a cup of tea and then seal it yeah. up and put it in your bag and take it away with you. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was a general idea. And it's got this bag on the top and the bung to be fair was quite well sealed so once you'd let it cool down enough to put the bung back in um it it did stay hot for about maybe an hour and so you know it it wasn't a huge amount of time it wasn't like like a normal thermos flask it wasn't six hours or something um so it's not that great to be honest so it's all right and as you say if you wanted if you were going to somewhere where you knew that there was not going to be a kettle and you desperately wanted a cup of tea it would work it's just small and it's just got some problems i think and it it comes across as a, a typical kind of chinese avoid all the yeah yeah well i mean i was going to send it back but then I got the feedback from Amazon that I would have to send it to Russia yes, at my own expense. Right. Yeah, <laughs> I just yeah. thought that's going to cost yeah. me more than the thing's worth. Exactly. So, um, so you had so it. <laughs> if it. Well, if, if anyone if anyone wants to chuck Aiden a tenner, then give us a shout and you can have a go with this. It might suit somebody in their life. I think so. But as you say, it's very much got to be a solo use, isn't it? You, it, yeah. it, it barely feeds one person, let alone two. Yeah. Anyway, it was a um, it was an interesting experiment, and that's what whatever works is all about. Absolutely. Thank you for testing that for me, Ted, and saving me the effort. <laughs> and thank you, Pip Tomlinson, for bringing us electric scooter charging at metro stations. Pip says charging lockers for electric scooters are starting to appear at metro stations in my city of Barcelona. These scooters mm-hmm. are everywhere now, aren't they, Ted? I'm wondering if this is a fad that's going to fade away and soon will fail. Do you those scooters people used to ride or whether it's going to become the new bike it's difficult to tell at the moment isn't it they're not allowed in the uk though are they i know there's been a lot of regulation because the people have been having yeah. accidents and le- and also these ones where people sort of share them so they just get left in the middle of a pavement for the next yeah. person who wants them or an old lady to trip over Chris Kelly was telling us that they're not legal to use in the UK. However, the, the, there are some cities, I think, where they are because they've done a, the, the council have done a deal with the people that run the system or something. Right. Um, I well, I'm presuming that, that must be so in Barcelona because Pip uh, yeah, obviously yeah. encounters a lot of them there and says they're now charging stations at metro stations. I use mm. my electric scooter every day, says Pip, for getting around the city for work. And I recently discovered mm. these lockers at a metro station. It enables you to leave your scooter charging in a secure locker while you get your train. 
The clever mm. bit, and I love this, Ted, is that the power supplied to charge the scooters comes from the energy recovered from the Metro trains breaking. Wow. It's free at the moment, he says, although a small charge <laughs> will be coming in soon. But it's a really good idea. I think it's a fabulous idea. I mean, I've always had advocated works. this idea that gyms, all the power in a gymnasium should come from people lifting and pushing and prodding and cycling and rowing. And, you know, that that should generate. Yeah, and yeah. it's something similar here. They're using the energy provided by the metro train braking to power the yeah. electric scooters. I think that's wonderful. That's a brilliant idea. I'd never thought of that. The the um, the gym idea that you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, I mean, I, even if it, even if it only powered the lights in the gym. I mean, yeah. so many people are on push bikes and treadmills and rowing machines and lifting weights up and down. Imagine the energy that's being that could be generated from yeah, all of that. Yeah. Perhaps, perhaps gym owners have got that in. They just don't tell anyone. They just tell don't anyone. tell you because, but, yeah, I, I, that's my power. I'm going to charge you for that. Yeah. <laughs> thank you, Pip. That's yeah, really interesting. You. And it's a great use of um, energy and, and eco-friendliness. So well done. Um, he's, he's, he's very young and fit, Pip, flying around Barcelona on a scooter. Good for you. Now, what's next? Oh, I know. It's you. The, the blind... This is something I would like, but I can't afford. This is the SwitchBot. So I, I suppose it should be. I want one of those, shouldn't it? The SwitchBot Blind Tilt. A lazy man's um, idea to, in order to not have to go and shut all the blinds. So this thing sits up in the... Um, you know, the v Venetian blinds are, are the wrong way around. No, the right way around. Which ones are the Venetian, Venetian ones? They're the ones that go um, horizontal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, yeah. Venetian blinds, you've got to go around and turn them all, um, you know, pull a cord or twizzle a, a rod yes. or something in order to close them. This thing goes on the mechanism and lets you use your <laughs> smartphone <laughs> and just turn them. It's a bit like having electric curtains, you know. Yes. It does, it does the job for you. And it's, it's a great idea, except that I worked it out. These things are 50 quid each, basically. Right. And I worked it out. I walked around this place, and I've got 10 oh, of these things. Good grief. So it, to do this in my place, it would cost 500 quid, right. I reckon, or thereabouts, to get all of these. And you'd have to stand there. By the time you stood there with your smartphone, tapping on the buttons to do them all... You could have just walked around and done yes. it anyway. You see, I'm suddenly <laughs> loving this because I have only the, the one blind I can think of. In Well, I've got a roller blind and it probably wouldn't work on that in my bedroom. But of course, I also have the Google product. So if I could lie in bed and say Google keyword, open the blind, yeah, that yeah. would be something lovely. Yeah, yeah. So that's the kind of idea anyway. This is a um, a Kickstarter campaign, but these things are easy to uh, to install and they, they you yes. know, you, you haven't got to start drilling walls or anything. They use they use adhesive tape um, which seems to apparently work quite well. So anyway, there you go. That's an interesting one for someone with pots of money, not like it me. It does look fun. Or, or, to be fair, just not so many blinds as you. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, yeah, You exactly. said it could do the... It seems to me it can only do the one, the twiddling rod one. Looking at the pictures, oh, I think it, it's only the okay. twiddly rod kind, which which I don't have, which is a shame. Oh, well, I could easily replace my mechanisms with a twiddly rod. I've got, I've have got, I've actually got right. pull cord. Yes, ones, I've got but, pull cord. But if I yeah, could change it, it for a twiddly rod, that's very tempting. Yeah. yeah. Well, have a look into it then. I certainly shall, sir.
Hmm. Paul Williams is a man after my own heart, sir. Oh. Yes. Well, listen. He's he he used a few words here that I didn't understand. So let me explain for those like myself who may be stupid and don't know that a Jackery two forty is one of those portable power stations that we've had on the show before that I'm in love with. Mm. The kind of thing I really want one, but I got no use for it. And there's mm-hmm. a Jackery five hundred, which is a more powerful one. Paul talks to us about free electricity for small devices. This is slightly similar to me and my lights that I bought onto the last show. He says the solar panel, which comes with this, is a nice small is nice and small and gives me about 30% charge on my Jackery 240 portable power station on an overcast day and 50% plus on a sunny day, which I then use to charge my Jackery 500 power station, which in turn charges all the small household devices. So Whoa. he's basically using a lot, <laughs> using a fairly decent sized solar panel to charge up the small power station, which then powers the larger power station, which in turn powers the small household devices. This is wonderful. Completely safe, mm-hmm. says Paul in a sealed box in the garden against British weather, which is rain in most days. <laughs> yeah, and there's a lovely video that he posted which, which, which shows his setup. I've not used it in the winter months yet, but I'm hoping that it will keep the 500 fed sufficiently enough that no one in the house has to plug anything into charge. An iPad Pro, for example, takes a surprising amount of charge. I would say as much as a MacBook Air. So I'm hoping this works to save pennies throughout the year. Yeah, I love this, Paul. I, uh, you, you, you're obviously similar to myself. You like to sort of tinker and get under the bonnet and build things. Um, and again, like the lights that I brought onto the show last time, there's an outlay. I'm, I don't know what the outlay would be, but obviously you've got to buy this. I'm just working Yeah, the it, solar panel was 160-odd, wasn't it? Something like that. It's, it, it's the best part of 700 quid for these three items. For the three items. But, you yeah. know, and again, last week I was talking about these um, £30 uh, solar lights that I have in the house, which incidentally are still going great guns um Mm -hmm. once you've made that layout that's it and even if you're not necessarily saving a lot of money it's to do with new money and old money isn't it you know that that money is paid and done and finished and you haven't got future charges coming so um i i salute you paul lovely idea well done yeah well done it's good to see someone doing a bit of diy and if you look at the video you can see that he's how he's weather sealed his yes. the box in the yes, garden lovely and it's all it's all very um it's all very aiden it Bell. is yes thank <laughs> you sir still using still That was the first jingle we've had, and we've been on for about half the show. What's happening here? Yeah, thirty-seven minutes in. Blimey, we'll have to we'll have to hurry up now, won't we? Da- Daniel Bemis um, is still using his universal remote control. He did bring this to the show some time ago, about two years yeah. ago. Um, it's nothing fancy, but it lights up in the dark and works oh. with my Samsung four K player and our LG TV. It doesn't control both TV and Blu-ray player simultaneously, so you do have to switch between them. But it only costs $15, so I didn't expect much. If you take out the batteries, you have 15 minutes to replace them. Otherwise, you have to reprogram the whole thing. Um, Programming the remote is no problem, however. It's quite easy to do. And I recommend it for a cheap and easy solution for a DVD, Blu-ray or 4K player. And it's got lots of lovely little lights on the buttons. I like that. that. I love the 15 minutes thing because often with battery powered things when you pull the battery out you have to start again from scratch i mean 
that is a fabulous um, feature. And actually, looking yeah. at this, I love the two-device one. I mean, we, I would, I'm thinking about my mother and her eyesight and in the living room. Something like the smaller two-device one, which, as you say, Ted, lovely little LEDs all over the place, would be fabulous. Mm. What funny. Eh? Oh, Daniel, thank you for I that. I do remember him bringing this onto the show, and it's it's really good to know that something that's fifteen quid two to three years later is still going and in daily use, no yes. doubt. So, if yeah, it weren't for one. the fact that sadly the two devices are temporarily out of stock, I might have bought one. Indeed. Now <laughs> I'll tell you what else is in still in still in use. Oh no, I, I think Dan. Well, Daniel lives in America, yes. so that so that link might be ah, a, an American that's one. Com. So yeah, so so um, you'd have to hunt round to find one here anyway. Probably, probably eBay would be the best Ganelle. solution. Indeed. Anyway, um, I'm I, LED lights. I'll be quickly on this one because I'm still using this, and I was amazed to see that I bought this six years ago in 2016 um, on whatever works 23. It was talked about battery powered little light with a motion sensor, which I stick in the bathroom, and whenever I go into the bathroom in the night, I don't have to turn the light on because when I walk in there, it just comes Aww. on, and it's great. You don't have to um, worry about uh, any electricity being burned. Just these three AA batteries, hooray! <laughs> and they last for years. I don't, th I do not believe I've ever changed them. Now, uh, to be fair, it doesn't get much use because you know when you, uh, the times that you go into the bathroom in the night are not huge. So uh, I guess they will last for years. Anyway, it's really good. Six pound ninety nine. It was in two thousand and sixteen. I checked my invoice. But sadly, that particular one, I mean, it, Amazon is littered with hundreds of different ones, but this particular one is now no longer available. So up yours. <laughs> it's similar to the um, to the ones that, again, that I talked about last week. In fact, the, the, light, the lights that I put up last week, I've actually had to turn down. My mother's found that when she goes into the hallway, it's like an episode of Colditz and there's suddenly searchlights blaring in her face. Right. So I've actually had to yeah. tweak ours down a bit. Um, okay. Yeah, I was about to make a comment that I couldn't use a nightlight but this is of course the nightlight that comes on with motion rather than the kind of nightlight yeah. that's on all yeah. night long I, oh, yeah, I'm no. amazed that I, I understand and respect that some people like to have a light on at night but I couldn't do that I would have to have something like this one that comes on only when you need it to indeed you, as you have oft reported, <laughs> yes, I can um, be a bit. Repetitive. Oh, oh, just to mention, just to mention also that if you don't move, it it lasts about twenty seconds, so it then turns itself off. So you know, sometimes you're taking longer than that. You just kind of move your shoulder yes. or something, and and it starts off again. The, the the sensor, the motion sensor, is actually really good. It's very well done. It's a nice little Chinese success story. That little lamp, it's great. Yeah, let's play sleepers clips. The Rolston 9-in-1 Precision Screwdriver, which I do think that Ian Barton brought to the show yonks I ago. I think somebody did, yes. I recognise yeah. this. Anyway, it's a really nice little precision screwdriver, which I got for £3.50. And it's really nice because it's got it's made of aluminium, so it feels like it's not £3.50 to begin with. And it's got a twist cap on the end. And inside the twist cap on the end, it's got a load of all these... Um, you know, um, little screwdriver bits, which are really handy, particularly if you're needing them for things like undoing... Uh, one thing came to mind, one phone came to mind, was a, a Fairphone that I had, 
whereby you and a Motorola I had once. Yeah. You needed these little star screwdriver thingies, and if you're doing things like Raspberry Pi work or stuff yes. like that, you've got this kind of strange set of um, screwdrivers that are needed. Anyway, nice little thing, and it all fits in nicely. And when you finish with it and it's all done up, you just stick it in your pocket, and um, the uh, you, you, you carry on with your life. The magnet holds the bits securely in place when you're using them. Very, very nice. So I think that's a shout out to Ian Barton, and it's still available, and it is three pound fifty. Let us know, Ian, if you're still using yours. You know, the other thing that I often say on this show is that getting old is a sod. I think I bought one of these. Oh, did I you? think I was taken <laughs> with it the last time. And I'm trying to think, well, where is it? I shall rush off and look after we finished recording because yeah. I think I've got one of these in a box somewhere. <laughs> oh, right. It should be in your pocket. It's got a little clip your Yes, pocket. I should put it in my pocket. I want one. I want one. I want one. I want one of those. Daniel <coughs> Pemis, bless you, sir, <laughs> wants a poncho hooded blanket. Yeah. This is rather fun. This is a sort of, well, it's basically a blanket with a hood. The name's on the tin. This poncho oh, yeah. blanket, says Daniel, looks rather, re- looks really comfortable. With winter being colder than normal in the WA state, I'm thinking I should... What's WA? I'm Washington? Is I'm it? not sure. Sorry, Daniel. There's, there's, there's one for Rim We're stupid Brits. We don't know which state. On, uh, uh, on American... I was going to put this in Rim 101. On American TV shows, they assume that the rest of the world know what their two-letter abbreviations <laughs> for states are. And they, they do. Have you noticed that? They, they just assume everyone outside the USA knows. Well, I can tell you it is Washington. I've just Googled. Right. So I was right. No, no, no. Anyway, Daniel in Washington wants one of these and says he thinks he should buy one at $24.99. Um, yeah, my sister's been singing the praises lately of a thing called an Udi. Um, which has its own website and seems to be a, a, a new thang here in England, which, again, is basically a blanket with a hood. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'd say go for it, Daniel. Winter's coming. Nice. Buy yourself a hoodie it'll, blanket. It, it'll be quite. It'll be quite useful in in Abigaili Co. <laughs> <laughs> and before we get letters, let's move on to fire conquering, <laughs> shall we? <laughs> yes. Um, fire the fi- the fire. I'm, I'm trying to think of more two. No, don't you dare. Just move there. on. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not having a go at Daniel. I'm really not. I'm I'm, I'm having a go at generally in America. They assume that the whole world knows yeah. what those those things mean, and and I certainly don't. I I sometimes have to. Well, look do you know what? Up. Once in a while, I'm having to fill in an online form, and it says, "What part of the country do you live in?" And it's sort of the southeast, the north, the midlands, the this. And I'm like, I don't know. I think I live in the southeast, <laughs> yes. but I'm not certain. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyway, right. If you mix together vinegar and baking soda, you can make make yourself a fire extinguisher because apparently those are the two ingredients that make an effervescent solution containing CO2, which when sprayed on a fire can help cut the oxygen supply to the fire and get the fire to die down instantly. Now, somebody has invented a way in which you can use um, any old two litre pop bottle um the coke bottle that you get from the supermarket by adding this thing on top so this little plastic thingy you screw onto the thread on the top of any standard 28 millimeter neck which i assume is that coke bottle 
um, fill it up with vinegar and baking soda and it's got a little plunger thingy on it and a pin and you just use it like a fire extinguisher. It's a fantastic idea. Everyone could just make one um, a fire extinguisher next to no money and not pay shed loads of money to these fire companies in order to get... I've got one in the van here and, and they charge money to not only to sell them to you and you've got to have one because of the site rules um but also you're supposed to have them checked by the the, the company every year and all this claptrap oh no sorry it's not claptrap it's very sensible but the the point is that if you can make yes one of your absolutely own, yeah so no word on pricing but blimey they can't be much can they it's only a bit of I plastic think this that goes is on the top fiendish, of the... and i'm presuming the baking powder sits in that little red area at the top and when you turn the thing it drops the baking powder into the water and the reaction begins i'm guessing oh, well what i'm happened? guessing i mean we've all seen those videos on youtube of kids with bottles of coke and mints and you put the mint in the coke and oh, put the lid yeah. on and then the, the whole thing explodes it's the same principle oh right i didn't realize that i thought you just mixed it up and put it in together i think and... yeah but i think right. I'm, I'm assuming that the the reason for this um turny handle thing is that that uh, that release release the baking oh, soda and it goes into the water right. and then give it a quick shake and off you go Wow. All I think right. this is fiendish in any case. Whether I'm right or wrong about that, I love this. This is really fun. Yeah, yeah. This is great. It's really good. It just makes it cheap and yes. easy. Well, but don't I'm, you I'm, assuming oh, no, it... I'm sure they'll, they'll still be charging 580 quid for them. Well, <laughs> it would be very difficult to imagine that for a little bit of plastic on top of a bottle, they can be charging stupid <laughs> yeah. money. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. Maybe they can. But anyway. It's even the it's winner of the If Design Award for the Year 2022. Very exciting. Good find, Ted. I like that very much. Yeah. I came across something which actually still baffles me. I'm not entirely sure what this is I'm, I'm procrastinating about now, but I like it. It's a Jetson S1 pod, which yeah. looks to me to be some sort of soundproof phone box-like thing that you sort of plonk down wherever you want in your office or in a in a large area where you need to get some privacy if you're maybe it's a, a huge exhibition hall and you want this little thing in the corner that you can pop into and send an email in privacy it just seems to be a, a tiny little phone box size or double phone box size office that, that that's portable and that's about all I can work out about this thing um there's not much more to say right. than that. I mean, it's it's it. I think it's either a Kickstarter or a very expensive product that doesn't give the price. I mean, this is the point. If you want the price, you have to give them your details and a representative right. will contact you. So um, that means it's bloody yeah, exactly. God only knows what they cost. It's a bit like a bit like those garden pods. Do you remember we yes, brought for the show? Yes. Um, and they were thousands yes. of pounds, but they they were really nice. But this looks like a plush. Yeah, office, I mean, I, right. I, I mean, I, actually, it's two or three size, times the size of a phone box. I mean, I'm looking at one now mm. that's got a little table in the middle and, and a double chair, so you could get four people sat in, at a table. Um, so yeah, I suppose, yeah. yeah, again, if you, it's a noisy environment and you need to conference, you can just say, oh, step into my office and get into this yeah, little yeah. box together. Very nice, very nice very indeed. Weird. I, I guess I guess they must have a target audience for selling these to, um, small businesses or something, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, it's just, just fun, eh? Indeed. Goodness, but that it's that time of day again, isn't it? Oh yeah, lovely room one hundred and one. We do like room one hundred and one. Oh, here we, we go, Ted. You're not going to. I know. I just know you're not going to like this. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Software that uses the 
patronising and utterly unnecessary my. It started with Windows, didn't it? It started with my computer. And when you wanted to click oh, it, yeah. you clicked on my computer. And yeah. now it now it now you get it on bank app um, websites. You get it on phones. You get my bill, my transaction. I know it's mine. Who the f- else is would it be? It's my <laughs> computer. Namby pamby, childish, unnecessary, ridiculous, dumbing down, nanny state. There. Thank you. I'm glad I got that off my chest. Have, have some Valium. <laughs> And when I sit down, I just looked on my phone, and you're quite right. My the the EE app, which I've got on my phone yes. to m- manage my account, is the app is called My EE. I, I never really noticed. Now, before. why would you have anyone else's EE on your phone? Of course, yeah. it's your EE. Why can't it just say EE? Fair enough. Yeah. Okay. I, I, to be honest, I, it doesn't bother me, but it obviously bothers you. So that's enough to put it in room one hundred and one. Yeah, but I'm one of those people. If I see an apostrophe in the wrong place, steam comes out of my ears. So there you are. It's just me. I'm sorry. Right. Ian Barton is going to throw into room one hundred and one people who shoot themselves in the foot and complain about the pain. <laughs> what? Much moaning over the last couple of days about how the Wi-Fi is slow in our house has been going on. Right. I'm using Ethernet, so I don't care. But others do, it seems. (laughs) Some investigations revealed that Google Wi-Fi puck, that the Google Wi-Fi puck in my... We're back to muff again, aren't we? Yeah. The Google Wi-Fi puck in my daughter's bedroom was turned off. Oh, don't turn off your puck. That'll cause all sorts of trouble. This is despite the label on top threatening death by a thousand cuts if it's turned (laughs) off. There's no hope. So, yeah, Ian Barton's household, full of people that don't do the sensible thing. And furthermore, don't even read labels. And, yes, there you go. People who shoot themselves in the foot and complain about the pain. (laughs) It's a nice line. Uh, Matt Jones is complaining about small print on commercial radio adverts. So Uh. audio small print. As if the adverts themselves aren't annoying enough, says Matt, having to listen to some idiot speed reading a long disclaimer at the end of everyone is a pain in the backside. Yeah, I know exactly what he means. It's clearly about backside covering, he says, as I don't think any normal human could process the information that is being wrapped. (laughs) (laughs) It's like listening to a bad Eminem record. (laughs) I'd even excuse it for expensive financial products, for example, your home is at risk if you default on a loan and such that's fair enough but if you get this stuff on an advert for a happy meal from mcdonald's it's ridiculous yeah yeah i know what you mean matt i mean indeed in my career i have even had to speak the small print once or twice on these things and what they usually do of course is then speed up the tape considerably yeah i mean it is it's when you know if you read a contract you get small print which is literally the small print at the bottom and i suppose in an audio terms you still have to give the information so you just give it as quickly as you legally can i had i I had some insurance to to sort out um last month and when i phoned up to organize it the the woman doing it at the end of getting it organized she said she said i I know you're going to not like this but i'm really sorry i've got to run this tape and and you've got to listen to it and you've got to stay on the line and confirm at the end you've listened to it and she she was really apologetic and said i know you're not going to want to do this and sure enough off it went this tape with the the pre-recorded message with all 
all this claptrap on it. Yeah. And, um, and they've ticked their box that says he listened to yes, it. Yes, I've had that once. I had a girl start to tell me something and I said, oh, that's OK, I know about that. And she said, no, no, I have to tell you. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. then went on. So, yeah, yeah fair enough. It, it's it, The days of having small print on bits of paper are gone, of course. Saving the planet, you've now got to listen. Now, talking of listening, listen to this. I want to give a gold star to Dell. Long story short, um, I got a second-hand reconditioned laptop from Dell a year ago. I think I've talked about it on the show. £800 I paid uh, because it was a beast of a laptop. Fabulous machine, loved it very much. Worked absolutely fine until uh, a few weeks ago I turned it on and nothing happened. Simply nothing happened. It just wouldn't come on. Didn't, couldn't work out for myself what it was, did all the usual things, took it to a local chap who took it apart, local PC repair, who said, um, the motherboard's gone. New motherboard, £400 um, from Dell, so you're probably not, you'd be, you'd be better off buying a new machine. I wrote to Dell. Dell wrote back and said, sorry, your warranty was 180 days, get lost. Um, I wrote back to Dell and said, oh, fair enough, I respect that. Um, I'm very disappointed, though, because I've had it for a year, only a year, and I've paid £800, so I'm practically paying just under £100 a month for this thing. And is there anything you can do for me? Could you possibly help me with a cheaper repair, for instance? The guy wrote back and said, what we're prepared to do is send you a new one, <laughs> wow. basically. Um And, you know, I didn't look a gift horse in the mouth. I didn't even bother with what the specs were. I just said, yes, yes, absolutely, yes, thank you, please. Um, And I had to send them back the old one. And the new one arrived. Um, It was, it's another one. It's an i7 machine. It's a Dell Precision uh, 7720, I think, something like that. Uh, It's an i7. Um, It's a tiny bit lower spec. It's a 2.7 gig processor as opposed to opposed to a 2.9 in the one I sent back mm-hmm. and it's an uh, an HDD as opposed to an SSD which is a shame and I'm working on changing that but basically I've got they've replaced it and they didn't have to because the email correspondence was concluded they wrote back and said sorry you're out of warranty we can't help and it was only because I belligerently wrote back and said yes but that the nice man must have taken pity yeah. on me. I don't know whether he recognised... Oh, God, Aidan Bell, he's on that podcast. <laughs> They'll say nasty <laughs> things about Dell. Quick, send him a new one. I don't know. But, I mean, they get a gold star in any case because they didn't even have to answer the email, never mind actually voluntarily replace the laptop. It's nice, isn't it, that in this day and age, some firms are very keen to protect their good name yes. and to, to get you, the, the likes of you... Um, reinforcing that to everyone you know and on a podcast and whatever else you're doing. Yes. And and giving Dell um, good kudos. And, and, and I like Dell as a company. Over the years, I've, I've bought lots of stuff from Dell Direct. Ditto, and ditto. They've always been really good to me as well, if there's any, been any problem ever. Um, I remember a Chromebook we had once. My mum sent back to them and the, there was no quibbling about it. it they, they were really, really good. So yes. I think they're worthy of a gold star. In fact, they might have had one before. They got the gold star slightly dented because I then wrote a final email saying, I'm so grateful. Thank you for this. Um, I would be interested to update it to an SSD. Um, could you recommend, please, which SSD, which type of card you would recommend for this particular laptop? And I got an email back saying, after consulting with our technical department, you can fit it like this. And sending me a screenshot of the page of the manual that shows you how to put the card in. Right. Without telling me anything about what kind of card they recommend. 
okay. so you totally, need to go to you need to go to crucial totally just, misunderstanding me <laughs> just go to go to crucial uk and install their um, uh, analyzing tool on your laptop and it will tell you exactly what you need and what your options are and then it will offer to, to sell them see, to you. see, I should have gone to Ted Salmon in the first place. Cru the Crucial is really good for that. Ah, by Exo, you're very good. Thank you. There Gold you are then. for Ted Salmon as well then. Yay. How about that? Yay. <laughs> Gold stars all round. We're done. Anyway, let's it. We're finished. We've got through it. <laughs> and we'll be back in two weeks' time. Um, in the meantime, then do head across to the MeWe group. Let us know whatever works in your life. We're really interested. It's been a bit quiet these recent days, so um, do jump in there again and, and search through your Amazon buy list and see what you've bought and tell, if it's, tell us if it's crap or good, and we can bring those um, Isn't that scary, the, the Amazon buy list? Oh, my goodness, did I really <laughs> buy all that? Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. Mine's, mine's gone really slow lately as well. Maybe it's a sign of the times. Um, but uh, five years ago, my buy list was huge. I used to buy so much stuff. Yeah, I think I kept them going single-handed during COVID. <laughs> yes. Whateverworks.works is where you'll find our website, which has got links to all the stuff we've been talking about today. Aidenbell.com is for Aiden. Tedsalmon.com is for me. And links to all the stuff that, that I do. Um, so that's about it, really. Anything that you want to say before we clear off? Um, muff. No, I've said that already. No, no nothing, no. <laughs> nothing else. Mustn't. Thank you, folks, for putting up with my eccentric <laughs> sense of humour. I'm grateful. We'll catch you in a fortnight. So, in the meantime, don't forget, whatever, whatever works, works, works. All content for the Whatever Works podcast remains the property of Salmon Goody Enterprises Incorporated. Submissions and broadcast of content does not imply any understanding, particularly by Aiden Bell. Whatever Works may not be held responsible for any action caused by listening to the Whatever Works podcast. Terms and conditions may apply.